Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. We are plugging right along here in Psalm 57. If I can remember which buttons to push, which the right order to push them so that we can record this thing and not have to re-record this thing and right. have one conversation at a yeah. time and... Not only are you a host, you're also an engineer. <laughs> you wear many hats. In the in the loosest sense of that term. <laughs> in, the lo- in the quite loosest sense of that Sound term. Engineer. I, I push buttons and, and hope that it works. <laughs> oh, my friend, how do you do? Oh, I push buttons. Oh, you push buttons. I push buttons. <laughs> I push buttons. So here we are in Psalm 57. We've got a series of psalms that seem to go together somewhat as we've got these times of trial and testing and people being against David, and now we're in the midst of another one of those. And he needs strength, and he needs deliverance. And wow. I think you're going to read today from the New Century Version. Yeah, this Psalm 57 is a, is a great psalm to look at, I think, to, to feed our hope and give us things to reflect upon in those areas of our lives. And, of course, we're always encouraging people to go over to the Facebook page and jump in on the conversation with the text talk there and see what we're getting out of our readings of Psalm 57 together this week. Yeah, so in those Facebook conversations, just real quick, we do take a little bit of a different approach, though, of course, anybody can bring up anything on there. But we are trying to follow that Paths of Righteousness right, right, meditation right. plan. And so today being Thursday over there, folks are talking about hope. What mm. does Psalm 57 give them hope for? I think our conversation today, hopefully, hopefully, will get us there also. Very good. So here is Psalm 57, reading from the New Century Version. For the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, a victim of David when he escaped from Saul in a cave. Be merciful to me, God, be merciful to me, because I come to you for protection. I will come to you as a bird comes for protection under its mother's wings until the trouble has passed. I cry out to God most high, to the God who does everything for me. He sends help from heaven and saves me. He punishes those who attack me. God sends me his love and truth. Enemies are like lions all around me. I must lie down among them. Their teeth are like spears and arrows. Their tongues are as sharp as swords. God is supreme over the skies. His greatness covers the earth. They set a trap for me. I am very worried. They dug a pit in my path, but they fell into it themselves. My heart is right, God. My heart is right. I will sing and praise you. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, harp and lyre. I will wake up the dawn. Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing songs of praise about you to all the nations. Your love is so great, it reaches to the skies. Your truth reaches to the clouds. God, you are supreme over the skies. Let your glory be over all the earth. As in heaven, so also on earth. That's where our conversation led us yesterday, that prayer and that that involvement that we have. Today, as I'm considering this psalm, I recognize how it begins. Mm-hmm. It begins, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. And that's how Psalm, well, Psalm 56 didn't begin with the repetition, but that be merciful yeah, to me. Yeah, that cry for mercy. Psalm 51 began with that same thing, have mercy on me, O God. Mm-hmm. We, we find, and look, obviously pleas for God's mercy are found throughout the Psalms. Yes. But here are some that start in very similar fashions. I need 
mercy. Mercy is the idea of being met in a time of affliction, mm-hmm. providing kindness and support and yeah. help in a time of affliction. Like great need. Great need. So, of course, we often view mercy as equated with forgiveness because forgiveness is a mercy. It is. In my spiritual need, in my as I have been afflicted by sin, by the enemy, and the death that comes along with that, God meets me and bestows the kindness of forgiveness mm-hmm. in my spiritual need yeah. there. We find mercy, though, one of the great places that demonstrates the definition of it is Jesus' story about the benevolent Samaritan or the good Samaritan, where Jesus tells the story about the guy who fell among thieves and a priest comes by and passes by on the other side of the road and a Levite comes by and passes by on the other side of the road. And then a Samaritan comes by and cares for him. And Jesus asks his, the, the person he's telling the story, which one of these guys proved to be a neighbor? And he said, the one who had mercy. On him or compassion, the one who who saw him in his infl- affliction and provided what he needed in order to help yeah. him. Then, so this is this is the cry: God, I have a need. I'm I'm afflicted. Here's David in affliction. He's crying out to God: Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. You know, I've been doing some reading and some study lately about uh, the gospel and how it communicates in different cultures, um, particularly cultures that are wired like ours, with the guilt and the innocence and how meaningful that is, that we should be forgiven of our sins. Uh, but in other cultures, it's about shame and it's about honor. The uh, the Near Eastern cultures are a lot about that. Uh, many nations in Africa are still about that. But, but then you even have others that it's about um, power and fear. Oh, okay. Okay. And so uh, with... Um, with the mercy of God, not only is it a mercy to have forgiveness when we are guilty, it's a mercy to be granted honor and honor restored when we have been shamed because of our sin. But when we are in great fear, when we understand our inability and our lack of power, it is a great mercy that God comes and he brings us power and restores power to settle our fears. Mm. And I was thinking that, you know, in, in this particular psalm, as he talks about his enemies in terms of lions and teeths of, you know, mouths of swords and all such as this, it's a lot of that fear and power dynamic, isn't sure. it? And some yeah. of the mercy of God to come in this place is to bring the power and the triumph uh, over these very real dangers. The, the mercy in here, clearly he talks about salvation coming from heaven. Mm-hmm. Deliverance. Deliverance. So it, it's clear that some of the that the mercy David is looking for is protection, refuge, deliverance. Yeah. I have noticed something interesting though in this psalm, the way this psalm begins, because Psalm fifty one, Psalm fifty six, it just has the statement, you know, be gracious to me, O God, or have mercy on me, God, and it just stops there. But here in Psalm fifty seven, it has this repetitive thing: be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, mm-hmm. or be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me. I'm trying to remember did did uh, the NCV use mercy there? What what was the what was the? Yeah, in verse one, it is merciful. I read that. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so just, it's, it's the same. a little different in verse seven about my heart is right, God, my heart is right. Yeah, so you've jumped, you've jumped but, to the point I was going to make. Well, I was just going to say, but the, you still see these patterns. Are you getting right. at patterns? Yeah. So we've got a pattern here, and some of the guys that I read talked about this. Uh, this is especially in the Teach the Text series. I got uh, the uh, Bullock highlights this, but he's actually relying on some other authors that he read, t- calling this a pivot pattern. A pivot pattern. A pivot pattern. This. And, so and we last week we were talking about chiasms, and this week we're talking. Talking about well, this pivot pattern. I've, okay. I've never, I've never heard this term before. This was new for me. But we have in this sentence this repetition, and the idea is we're going to put God at the center. It pivots around God. It's all mm-hmm. around God. He's the central message in this. Okay. Mercy comes from God, but He is surrounded by the voice and the supplication of the person. And so, so you have, it's again, when you label these things, it would, you can go to the show notes, the show notes will have a link. It is time to to plug the show notes. The written, the written Devo where some of this is expressed as well there, but it's what you have is ABC, AB. So have mercy. That's your A on me. That's your B. And then, Oh God, in the center, there's the C, but then it comes back to you have mercy A on me B. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, that's fancy and neat. And now you're learning some technical stuff about, how, you know, how to con- construct Hebrew poetry. But what makes that so important here, and you've already alluded to it because you you knew where I was going to go. Verse seven uses the same structure. Mm-hmm. Verse seven uses the same structure, but here it's about steadfastness. Now you you said, uh, yeah, my, about, my heart is right. right. My heart, my is, heart right. is right. Yeah. Versus my heart is steadfast. My heart is right. Oh God, my heart is right. Now in, in, in the Hebrew word order, it's right. My heart. Oh God, right. My heart. Or as the ESV, the words, the ESV uses steadfast. My heart. Oh God, steadfast. My heart. Yeah. And that now the grammar Pivot there, pattern. yeah, it's that same pattern that A B C A B, and the grammar there, even though the the helping verb is not actually included in the Hebrew language, it's understood. Steadfast is my heart. Steadfast is my heart. My heart is this parallel pattern. I, I'm bringing all this up not to bore us to tears with patterns. I, I know some folks when they start studying poetry, when you get into rhyme and meter, it's like, oh, you're sucking the life right out of it. I hope what I can do is put a little life into this because. I think what we're seeing by this repeated pattern is kind of a call and response. Have mercy, O God. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O God. Steadfast my heart, O God. Steadfast my heart. Now, that the, the call response there could be, I'm asking for mercy because my heart is steadfast. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Here's, here's the basis for bringing me mercy. Yeah. But he actually, back in verse 1, had already given a reason. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. So yeah. what, what's the, the call and the response, this parallel patterning? Why does he make these so similar? I think it's because the the statement in verse 7 is actually the answer to verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. And in verse 7, he declares that God has been merciful because his heart has been made steadfast. It's not the heart is steadfast. It's not, Lord, you should be merciful to me because my heart is so steadfast. It's rather he, he, in this place of affliction, in this place of weakness, you talked about power and fear, in this place where I feel weak, this place where I feel I can't make it, this place where I feel like I can't stand strong. Now in verse 7, he provides the response that God has been with him. God has bestowed mercy because he now has the steadfast strength to carry on, to face the turmoil. Interestingly, back in Psalm 51, that also begins 
with that, be merciful to me, O God. Mm -hmm. In verse 10, he has a request to renew in me a right spirit. That word right, just like the NCV used right in Mm -hmm. our verse, it's the same word, Ah. steadfast spirit. So in, in Psalm 51, where he starts with be merciful to me, he asks God to give him a steadfast spirit. Excuse me, here, I believe what we have is the answer, that God has given him a steadfast heart, a steadfast spirit. And here's why that's important. We know, we know God's promise to deliver us. We know that God is going to bring salvation from heaven. We know in the end, the enemies are going to be destroyed. He is going to take vengeance on them. He is going to provide the salvation that I need. But I live in the interim, the interim between when God has given that promise and when God fulfills that promise. And what I need is strength to hang on throughout the interim. While Satan is trying to tell me he's not actually going to fulfill, God's not actually going to fulfill his promise, I need the strength to hang on so that I can lie down with the lions, knowing that I'm going to wake up and give praise and glory. And that in itself is a mercy. Well, and I was going to say that uh, in that interim, it is the time to praise. That here is David waking up the dawn. I'm not going to wait to see what tomorrow brings. I'm going to be praising you right now. Yes, and and it is by your strength. I am steadfast because you have been merciful. It's not the other mm-hmm. way around. It's not be merciful to me because I've been steadfast. Right. It's I'm steadfast because your mercy has entered my life. You have given me the heart of steadfastness, yes. the strength yes, yes. of steadfastness, and that's what allows me to carry on. Here's a great—I know it's not Friday— But you remember Jesus in the garden, he prays, Mm -hmm. let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And what we're told in Luke is that immediately following that and and, and during that prayer, an angel comes to Jesus Mm -hmm. and strengthens him. Yeah, came and ministered to him. And there's ministry and there's steadfastness. There is mercy. Mm -hmm. He was not going to be delivered from the cross itself, though he was going to be delivered from death and have victory over death. But here he is receiving the mercy of steadfastness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for us to recognize. Yeah. It is a mercy from God. And let's ask for that. Well, we I need, need steadfastness. We need I need strength. And God is the giver of that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate so much you uh, being with us today on Text Talk. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And uh, Evan, why don't you lead us in a prayer about steadfastness? Have mercy on us, O oh God. Have mercy on us. Send your deliverance from heaven and your victory. In fact, we know you have sent your victory from heaven. And we know that he died for us on the cross and he resurrected so that we might be saved by his life. And we pray for steadfastness, renewing us a clean heart, preparing us a right and steadfast spirit. Lord, we are so thankful for the steadfastness that you have given us. It is a mercy. It is a boon. It is a wonderful grace in our lives. And may we, by that grace you have given us, stand firm in the face of our enemies that we might hang on to you for victory. And it's through your victorious Son we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.